0: It's pretty fucking warm. It's pretty fucking warm. And there's, a, there's no ventilation in this room. And my mother's visiting from out of town and oh. has the TV on downstairs, so I had to close the door. So well, I am going to be a puddle by the time the, uh, we're done here.
1: I feel ya. This is my first British summer in 14 years after being in a country that had air conditioning
2: as standard i'm dying it's not just the lack of air conditioning it's how the 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 warm weather comes out of nowhere you will have had like months and months of gray cold drizzle and then it's like oh summer just fucking came out of nowhere it was chilly a couple of days ago yeah i I needed a coat i was wearing a hoodie the other day now i'm like oh i'm too warm clothes be gone
1: i'm starting to feel it like i have been spoiled. Like, air conditioning, like I say, is standard in the United States. Yep. I have gone immediately back to being indoors and sweltering, and I'm not used to it. I am not used to... Oh, God, I I feel... I've got a... I bought a big fan. I bought a big fan. It's one of them ones that don't have blades. They're like the sucky air ones. It's quite good. It's, like, half... Most of the room away, and it's reaching. It's the f- there's probably going to be some background noise Hopefully some filters will get rid of that But yeah, I streaming has been hard Yeah Especially with the wig, you know Like, it's
2: just boiling the top of my fucking head Here is the advice I will give you about streaming in the UK during the summer Just acknowledge that the s- your audio's going to be bad And go, hey, you know what You either get the sound of my fan and the window open and all that bollocks Or I'm too hot to stream, so fuck it, this is what you get Yeah You'd be happy you're getting me at all.
0: Yeah, and the filtering on on the mics with a little bit of tweaking, it gets to be pretty good. Those fan noises will be hardly observable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah.
1: Okay, well, before this turns into the My Chemical Romance fan cast, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to quickly get a little bit of wrestling promotion out the way, very briefly, very quickly. I, oh, I suppose if you must. Very quickly. Uh, the Sheffield show that I've been promoting is unfortunately cancelled because some stupid twats had a death match in front of children at a conservative club and the BBC got wind of it and the police and council have been investigating so promoters well venues are riffy about wrestling in Sheffield yeah i am devastated i had friends i had fans really excited about it so sorry but in More positive personal career news. Uh, On June 11th in Blackpool, I will be taking part in the UK's very first LGBTQ plus wrestling event. Tremendously excited for it. That's June 11th in Blackpool at the Funny Girls venue. Uh, And you can get tickets at buytickets.at slash PCW. Uh, My match has been announced. It is Harley Hudson and Marcus Holden versus... Uh, myself, Commander Sterling, and a mystery partner. Which at the time of talking, not even I know what's cooking up there. So exciting! That's Pride of the Ring, June eleventh. Yeah, I'm true. This is it's it's on Sky. Like I'm excited about this. Right. So I'm gonna get out of the Gerard way, <laughs> so that <laughs> Laura can
2: talk about. You went and saw Ah uh, this week. You went and saw Mucker. I did. I did. I went and saw the, the, the mucker, the the MCR, the My Chemical Romance. And I hope you're ready for me to talk about this for a minute because I didn't play any fucking video games this week because <laughs> who's going to play fucking video games? Look, usually I'm the one to be like, hey, let's all be sensible and make this a video game show. I didn't play a single fucking video game and I'm just going to own that. My Chemical Romance haven't played a show in the UK in like a decade. They haven't released any new music in about eight years. Uh, the last song they released was a song off a scrapped album from about five years before that that got released on a greatest hits, like it wasn't new music that had been created at the time, yeah, and this last week we've had first new original piece of music from My Chemical Romance in eight years. And I went to their first UK show in a decade and their first show full stop in two years because they did one reunion show in LA and then fucking COVID hit and cancelled everything. I remember long-term viewers will likely
1: remember that you... Yeah. Yeah, COVID hit and you couldn't
2: go. You were like ready and excited and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's been about two years of waiting for this show and... Oh my goodness! I, oh, I have, I have so. Many, I've thought of nothing fucking else this week other than my comic romance. That's fair. I really like their new song. Their new song is called "The Foundations of Decay." It is completely not what I would have expected uh on first listen from a, a comeback of a big band like this. In that, it is in no way a polished, radio-friendly. We're trying to get a big radio hit kind of song, which like. Was a little bit initially surprising, but having now seen them play live, I I think I get the vibe of what they're going for. It is a heavy, like, 90s grunge influences, like, really heavy breakdown section, six minute long song that feels like it is a track entirely about the band wrestling with their breakup a decade ago. And, like, it being really comfortable, not risking their good legacy by making new stuff and trying to get over that hurdle and go, fuck it. If we don't make new stuff, we'll never know whether new stuff we make could be good or not, so fuck it, let's make new things. And it's really good. I'm very into it. Awesome. Yeah, my
1: Twitter feed was pretty ablaze with it. Yeah. I mean, like, I I was following the, the queer Northeastern <laughs> American wrestling scene. Like,
2: I-, I was following a lot of people for whom this hit, like deep yeah and like a big part of it is there was no fucking warning just on a thursday night out of nowhere it's like 11 o'clock at night and i was like i'm just gonna check my phone before what the fuck is this like (laughs) yeah just out of fucking nowhere no warning no explanation and went, went and got to see their first like first show back in um at eden sessions in cornwall and it was a hell of a show they played a bunch of, like, obscure stuff that they never play live. Like, several songs that are off things like, um, a bunch of the, like, B-side stuff they released that was never on albums, stuff that they haven't played since, like, the very early days when they started touring almost 20 years ago. Uh, the set list was very, very heavy, very intense, very fast going, no breaks in it. It was not the successful radio-friendly hits-packed set list you would necessarily expect of a reunion show. And I really liked that. It felt like it was a show that was there for the people who have been waiting a decade for this band to come back and desperately listening to everything in their discography, going, Yeah, you're probably the crowd that knows this shit we never do live because no one really knows it. Come and have a go. Oh yeah. Oh, it was such a it was such a good show. Uh, They played a bunch of their songs, like, a lot heavier and faster than they usually do and than they do on the albums, and it created a really interesting energy. The crowd was really nice as well. Um, I fully expected to be, like, fucking crushed forward the second the band was on stage. No, I I wasn't... I was right up near the front, not touching a human being on any side. People were giving everyone space. Nice! It was weird. I don't know what was going on, but it was really nice. And... I've seen that band play so many times live, but fuck, this was one of the most energetic performances I've seen from them. It's one of the happiest performances I've seen. Like, everyone on stage should to be having a great fucking time. Oh, you've caught me in, like, the one day window that I'm home before I go see them three more times because fuck it, fuck it this is my week. This is I my mean, week. Why not?
1: Why not? If you can make it out to do it, (laughs) fucking do it.
2: When you like a like a thing and it goes away, and you never know if you're going to get another chance, it's like, yeah, who knows if I get another chance after this week? I'm just going to fucking soak it in. Right? I'm going to enjoy this week. I'm having a great one.
1: I mean, I feel the same way about lemon fanta's. Yeah. I mean, with with the rumours that lemon fanta is being discontinued, like there's there's rumours lemon fanta's being discontinued. (laughs) Fuck. My Twitch (laughs) chat was talking about it. I mean, I still see them. I don't know how true it is. But I'm suitably panicked.
2: I mean, look, honestly, that's right up there with My Chemical Romance going away again. Like, that, that's that's equally high stakes uh, right? end of era stuff going on. It's fucking Tories, is what it is. It's fucking Tories, is what it is. I need to wheel kick more of those fuckers. Yeah, you do. Yeah. You can never wheel kick enough Tories. No. Oh, I, so! I, I've done nothing but listen to fucking My Chemical Romance. I've done nothing else. That's fine. You're allowed Ah. If if this
1: podcast has ever been about anything It's about how you're allowed To listen to My Chemical Romance Instead of playing video games In fact, I'd prefer it Yeah Because video games suck (laughs) And
2: anyone who's ever played one Is rubbish I'm usually an advocate for, like, we should play video games. That's ostensibly what we do here. But this last week I've realised, no, video games do suck. My Chemical Romance is better than all video games that have ever existed. And that's just... Right. I'm not even a listener of... I I like a couple of their songs. Yeah. But I'll say they're better than video games. (laughs) Yeah, you know, we might have gotten to there for different reasons whether it's thinking the band's good or the video games are bad, but we can agree that one's better than the other. Oh, absolutely. I like the planetary song. <laughs> yeah, planetary go it's, I like it's that.
1: bouncy and upbeat. It's real good. I always said if I if Commander Sterling went face, that'd be it. <gasps> oh, that's... the problem is is that my original theme is a banger. So the original I theme can't is a banger it. but Planetary Go would be my choice for face music I think. It's very nice song. It's 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 a,
2: it's it's a real it's a real like bouncy one. Mhm. Uh so I'm I'm going to rely on you two to carry the yeah, video game chat yeah. this week. So like which, which of you were video gamed?
0: Okay, so <laughs> Steph yeah. So you left. You went you went back the UK
1: I went back to the UK
0: to yeah and you left you left Pennsylvania
1: I left Pennsylvania
0: where I am at present looking at a three-way primary race for a senate seat between Dr. Oz a hedge fund manager and a woman who was photographed with proud boys at the January sixth insurrection, and right <laughs> so <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and I don't know how to feel about like which one of these could be the candidate I mean it's between the hedge fund management and dr oz and and yeah. I really would like like um. It's gonna be like, Doctor Oz. I, I God, I hope not because he's got the name recognition to to win for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it it's yeah.
1: Well, if there's one thing I've learned, uh huh, from my time in America, it's that voting solves all problems. Once you've like, just, just pick, you know, whoever's closest to a Democrat. Right. Right. right just right. pick whoever's closest. Yeah. Vote for them. <laughs> and from what I understand of American politics is that once the Democrats are in charge, not everything is fixed. <laughs> That's what I've heard. I'm yet to see a Democrat in charge
0: well it's it's so fascinating because I you know I'd always been told growing up that conservatives didn't you know want to make the government more complicated than it already was. And and Democrats wanted to, you know, make government more complex. And as an adult, I see, no, it's just that... It's the
1: other way around. The Republicans want a complex, overbearing government, and the Democrats are doing fuck all.
0: Exactly. The Republicans want to drag it in one direction, and when the Democrats have power, like, this is fine. They are the this-is-fine dog of American politics. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, I don't want to get too political, especially every time I have a crack at Joe Biden, I get an email from this one angry person yeah. who is all, how could you have a go at Joe Biden? Quite easily. Yeah. Quite. I could easily have a go at a man who's supposed to be the most powerful person in the world, who when... Bodily autonomy is stripped away from women and trans people en masse does nothing but write a stern fucking tweet about it. Yeah. It could be worse
0: is not a justification.
1: No. No. And, and it's it's the platform Labour is running on in the UK as well, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh. we're not Boris Johnson. Yeah. I'm not Boris Johnson. Fucking vote for me. Yeah. If anyone can have a go, if that's the criteria... Is I might be a twat But I'm not as big a twat as that twat Like anyone can run on that Elect a two year old Just elect the first two year old That st- yeah. staggers near City Hall I Oh my god everyone <laughs> Welcome to Podquisition <laughs> <laughs> So uh. So that's the politics part of the show Right Did you play anything Conrad?
0: I did play a video game this Ooh. week I was sent this um by uh Homestuck guy Gumbamasta uh, because they know that I'm into like the very retro aestheticy platformers. This is, it's called Steel Assault. Uh it came out I think in 2019. It's uh published by Tribute. Um which is you know Strikey Sisters and um uh Mercenary something or other, I can't remember the name of. They've done a lot of games and they're a, a developer that I've been a fan of for a long time. But they published this, it's, it's developed by someone else. And, and you can absolutely see why it would be a product that Tribute would publish, because it, it's right in line with their stuff. It's a incredibly challenging 2D platformer presented in a 16-bit sprite style. And it's not a shoot 'em up Yeah. Even though it has the sort of uh, feel of that. Like, it should be, like, it feels like almost it should be a Contra-type approach or a Mega Man. But you have a whip. You have a whip, and then you have an alternate item, which is a, a grappling hook that fires in uh, two directions, um, in four directions. So you can fire it vertically, horizontally, or at the diagonals. And that will attach itself to most objects in the game, and then you can slide along the line that's created between the two. And it is very, very tightly designed. It, the graphics are very good. The soundtrack is excellent. It is it is so fucking hard. It is so fucking hard. Holy God. I played It on normal, my first attempt, and I made it through the first stage, and I skipped the tutorial. There is a tutorial that's optional from the main menu, and I skipped it because I thought I could figure this out. And for the most part, you know, it it was very playable under those circumstances, despite not having gotten into the intricacies that the tutorial would have um, explained to me. Uh, There's a jump and a double jump you can whip in eight directions you can fire your grapples in eight directions the enemies do a fair bit of damage and it's it it's pretty punishing uh there's a lot of on-screen enemies and it's a bit frantic and a little bullety now your your weapon can destroy bullets so that helps uh, most bullets not not all but most and uh you know it it feels like a really strong execution of an action platformer that requires precision and skill but you could definitely develop that. And then I got to stage 2. Mhm. Right. And I could not fucking clear stage 2 because of how many Air enemies, you know, enemies moving through the air there were, and the number of bullets that they fired, and the bullets that they fired, if they hit a surface at one section, it would light the surface on fire briefly, so you couldn't remain on the surface either. It was insane. This is stage two. And so I said, okay, fine. you know, And I, I attempted a dozen times or so. I said, this is, this is starting to frustrate me. I'm going to go, I'm going to try a difficulty setting that's lower. I go to easy, replay the first stage, get back there. Make it through that. Now, the damage is reduced by 50%. And so that made it so that, I, you know, if, even if I took a few hits along the way, I wouldn't be one from death by the time I got to the mini boss that was repeatedly killing me and is only vulnerable from behind in a big tank that does ground dashes and air dashes. And this is stage two, let me remind you. Uh huh. And so I make it past that and I'm like, this is okay we're on track. This is feeling a little little better. And uh, then I, I get to an area where there's a, a waterfall and there are platforms falling down the waterfall. And for the most part, they're wide enough that I can make them with double jumps. But it's uh, this, the screen is, height is such that the ground that I'm on can't necessarily connect with platforms above it in enough time for me to climb it and ascend before I didn't really gain any ground. And I am, and then every once in a while, there will be like, you'll get four platforms or so that you could double jump to, but then there's one that's just too wide, too high. It's too much gap between them to make that jump. And so you have to use the cable and I'm trying it and I'm struggling and I had, I swear to fucking Christ, this is level two (laughs) and I had to go to YouTube and find a video of someone else doing it, who likewise was clearly struggling with normal difficulty. <laughs> and they get up there, and, and I saw how they did it, and after, you know, a couple of attempts of it, I managed to do that myself. And we move on, and I get to stage three, and stage three introduces conveyor belts. Oh, no. Oh. And Matt... Mad respect <laughs> to the developer. You insidious monster, you. But grappling hooks with a ro- a tether between them on conveyor belts is a truly brilliant design idea.
2: That's fucking monstrous. I'm kind of here for it.
0: <laughs> uh, it, is, it is really, really good. And the first time that you wind up between two conveyor belts vertically going in opposite directions and you're firing your tethers at angles to climb up and jump across and work. It is... Hats off, but there's too many fucking enemies on screen. (laughs) It's someone more uh, hardcore than I. And, you know, I am a person who generally thinks myself to be fairly skilled and has a long history with this genre. Someone more hardcore than I will fucking love this game.
1: Yeah, it sounds like the kind of game that the developers made exactly what they want to make. Uh Uh-huh. Good for them and anyone who wants to do that game to themselves. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> I will
2: probably steer clear of it. I can respect a developer who puts the amount of time and effort required into going, I'm making a game that is purely for me, and I do not care if it's for anyone else.
1: Yeah, I've got a clear vision, and I'm
0: spiteful. <laughs> <laughs> and and I think, you know, I can only assume, but I feel... Because it is quality. Like, I don't want to deme- I'm not demeaning it when I say these things. Yeah. It is really well made, and that said, I am not without complaint. I do not know what this meter surrounding my character's headshot in the upper left corner next to my health and the uh, dash charge bar. I don't know what it does. I do know that occasionally an enemy will drop a little green orb that will float to me and something happens with that meter. It it either fills a little bit or it fills a little bit in a different way. But I have no fucking clue what this is for. And I did play the tutorial hoping I might find out. And learned nothing from the tutorial that I didn't already <laughs> yeah. know through gameplay. Lovely. So I, I don't know what's up with that. And there's not much documentation around on this game it seems to have been you know a pretty under the radar thing which you know that can that can certainly happen it looks like a lot of things but if you are brave and and you do not mind um what is clearly something that people with love and care for a certain time and place in video games and wanted to make something very, very specifically challenging to reflect those times. This is a, a very good game. Steel Assault is a very good game that I'm done with. <laughs> All right. What about you, Steph?
1: What about me? Uh, I have played some games, sure. Uh, I have played the evil dead because last time i thought you'd played the new evil dead game yes um but the new evil dead game did come out a few days later
0: oh i was watching your stream when you were told that it was yeah. out and it suddenly had a crisis
2: that's quite a nice like double like it's out no oh no it's not oh, oh it is hurray. yeah i didn't find out until a couple of
1: days after it came out because i had uh, the last north wrestling show on saturday friday i didn't know about it uh started to stream Sunday night, started playing a game called Ravenous Devils, which for someone without the severe levels of ADHD I have, probably would have gotten along with it, also if they hadn't played it on Switch where the controls are fucking awful. Uh, but that's just like a Sweeney Todd simulator, which is kind of interesting. Oh, I like you that. Run, yeah. Yeah, you run two shops at once. One is a tailor's, one is a um, baker's, and you kill people who come into the back room of the tailor's, and then you've got to strip their clothes off, dump the body use the stolen clothes to make new clothes and sell them at the same time. Underneath that shop is the bakery where you've got to take the bodies put them in the meat grinder grind them up mix them with different ingredients to make different foods and then bring them up to the shop so you're doing both those things at once while making sure that you know nobody sees you do murders and and making sure you keep all the customers happy it I went into it sight unseen thought I'll try it for the first time on stream and it was one of the most stressful things I've ever done on Twitch oh. it was horrible for me but I'm for other people who can think in multiple tracks <laughs> (laughs) Without getting confused and frightened Probably get on really good with it Plus don't play it on Switch, the controls are fucking awful So yeah, instead of that I downloaded hurriedly And started playing the Evil Dead game Which is made by the people who've done the Friday the 13th one Uh, So it's another one of these Asymmetrical multiplayer games Which for an Evil Dead game I was interested but but Trepidatious about it Um, It's Fun With some issues uh so the basic setup is four players are survivors which are pulled across the whole evil dead franchise you've got like um you know the first three movies plus ash versus evil dead uh, so different characters taken from those uh properties there are about four different ashes uh, no, there are three different ashes to choose from. Because they know most of the players will be Ash. So each almost every character class has a a different ash uh from the first three films. Uh, which is interesting.
0: So is what is it it's good ash, bad ash, and evil it's, ash? Or and no, uh,
1: it's um Army of
0: Darkness Ash.
1: Young Ash from Evil Dead One.
0: Okay. Strung out
1: Ash from Evil Slightly Dead. Less 2. Young
0: Evil Dead 2.
1: <laughs> and then, you know, metal handed, battle weary Ash Army from Darkness, Evil Dead Ash, Three. Yeah. yeah, from Army of Darkness. Um so yeah, uh, and there are other characters in there like um Pablo from the series and um um Ash's daughter and stuff like that. Um Nobi the the,
0: the Nobi's
1: daughter. Yeah, the Professor's daughter. Mm-hmm yeah interestingly, Professor Noby is the match commentator
0: oh okay, yeah yeah that they makes use sense.
1: him to like speaks almost like f- from his diary entries, but just like you know the survivors have done this and stuff um which is really i mean that's one of the the good things about this game is it is so steeped in evil dead shit Mm -hmm. like just so much evil dead shit uh lines from the show including sort of um fairly obscure references and stuff like this is for deep fans of it um but yeah so you've got four survivor players then you've got one fifth player who's the kandaren demon and there are they've got multiple choices of types of demon to choose from Mm -hmm. so you've got the Evil Dead Demons, which is led by Henrietta, uh, mm-hmm. the Swallow Your Soul, uh, Ted Ramey's character, yes. the grandmother. Um, so basically that um, character is Henrietta plus like regular deadites. Mm-hmm. Then you've got the, I forget the exact name of the demon, but it's the one from Ash versus Evil Dead, the eyeless Big sort of toothed one that sort of glitches in and out of existence Which is one of my favourite things from the series Like it just looks so fucking cool So you've got like those various demons And then you've got evil Ash Whose uh, regular enemies are the skeletons and everything Mm -hmm. I think that's it, I think it's the three The Kandaran demon player takes the form of the first person camera that chases Ash Mm Mm-hmm so it's animated like it's a little hard to control but it's got that effect of whizzing through the forest.
0: That's cool. And
1: you pick up power points and you use that as essentially like the game director. You spawn traps, you spawn deadites. Um there are loot boxes like loot chests with um different weapons for the uh, survivors to scavenge and you can like hide Ash's hand in there. Oh. Or like the little mini ashes from Army of Darkness uh you can set up trees to be possessed and attacked uh and attack you can directly possess any of the um enemies and the cars that players can get oh you can just possess if you've got enough like power saved up yeah you can possess a car
0: yeah.
1: in fact uh players have a fear meter and if the fear meter raises to the the maximum you can then possess a player oh um, and then the other players have to basically just attack them until they come to their senses. So the basic setup is, you know, the four survivors run around the, the forest, first finding pieces of map to locate where the Kandaran dagger is, and they go get that and um, uh, something else. I, I can't remember if it is if it is the Necronomica, but basically two things. And that's sort of like a territory holding thing, like just stay with the dagger um, while being attacked by swarms of enemies. Uh, eventually they go to fight. Um, the Dark Ones will spawn when you've done all that, uh, which again is, is from uh, Ash versus Evil Dead. Uh, you attack them, defeat them, then protect the Necronomicon for a certain amount of time while the uh, demon player tries to destroy it. And that's basically the setup is a lot of running around and scavenging while the demon player tries to stop them. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It's a fucking mess. Yeah, (laughs) it is a fucking mess. Mm. Combat is just pure chaos. You are swinging wildly as deadites jump out of nowhere at you. When a big attack wave comes, you barely know what's going on. But it's not unfun
0: Well that's Yeah that was going to be the question Is it at least enjoyable
1: It's enjoyable enough um, Especially when You know One of the boss demons spawns And the player takes over You know You're suddenly attacked By Henrietta Or you know Evil Ash shows up By the way the evil, if you choose Evil Ash, you can also spawn a skeleton flautist. <gasps> oh. The one second shot of a skeleton playing a flute <laughs> is a gameplay element. It buffs oh. things. I love that. Like, it's just so. I love how they pull from everything. Because I love the series. I love Ash vs. Evil Dead. Mm. I think it's fucking brilliant. And I love that they put so much of that in there as well as so much from the movies. Yeah. All the characters are pulled that you've got, some of the medieval characters from Army of Darkness, they don't explain why there are multiple Ashes and characters across different time periods. It doesn't matter. Oh. But yeah, it's very inventive, has a lot of fun with, with you know integrating the series, both in terms of references and gameplay. The field of view fucking sucks, and that's what's killing it for me. Uh. It's a game based in scavenging, and I'm someone who usually plays, like, the human side in these things. I find being the one aggressor in these things very stressful. Uh, plus everyone else wants to be that and it's hard to get into a game mm-hmm. so i've been the survivors mostly and that's a lot of scavenging you've got to scavenge for weapons of various rarities scavenge for health pickups and amulets to protect so like just a lot of picking shit up but the camera is so close like claustrophobically close to the player that it's so hard like I've not struggled this much in a long time to find and pick things up off the floor. Cause you've got to have the camera directly centered on mm. whatever you need to pick up too. So that, and there is no ability to change this. I looked in the menus. Yeah. There is no FOV like option. Um, you're stuck with it. And I find it is really getting in the way of my fun, to be honest. It, oh. it's overbearingly tight is that camera and it can make it hard to fight as well because it's hard to aim your character when you're swinging a weapon so you tend to miss a fair few times unless you again get the camera dead center before you attack which is easier said than done when you're being attacked from all sides but that's the big killer for me i'm enjoying streaming the game i've not been playing it outside of streams because i'm it's yeah it's it's a bit frustrating Um, But that doesn't mean it's not got a lot of fun to it. It's just they, I think I'd enjoy it a lot more if they fixed
2: that one thing. Keep it as a fucking chaotic mess like, Thankfully FOV is the kind of thing That like could be fixed without Like, It's not the biggest problem in yeah. the world The game could have I get the feeling it's a very deliberate design choice That I hope they change their
1: mind on I don't know if they're like trying to keep it scarier Or anything but I'm like it's fucking evil Dead like I'm not playing this to be yeah. scared Although it did get me with a jump scare Once I'm used to it now But it does flash like an image Of one of the demons like all over the screen to throw you off sometimes. And the first time it was a loud screech in Henrietta's fucking face. And it, it did make me jump a bit. I'm over it now. But yeah, I, I want to like it more than I do. I, I am having fun with it, but I am frustrated to the point where I'm not like constantly itching to play it outside of streaming it. Yeah. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's Evil Dead. It is, as an Evil Dead fan, like, I fucking love Evil Dead. Um, I do appreciate just how Evil Dead it is.
2: As a side note, you you both talking about Evil Dead recently has left me really itching to find time to re-watch the Evil Dead musical. I've not actually seen that, I keep forgetting it exists. It is available to watch in its entirety on YouTube in, like, decent enough quality to have, a, have an alright time watching it. It is a it is a fun time. It is impressively well done. I may need to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone else played anything else? No, that was really it. Is that it? Yeah. Fuck. yeah. Oh, fuck. Why am I carrying the video game side of things? I can carry you for like 30 seconds. I did play one other thing. Yeah. I'm still trying to finish that fucking Pokemon Go quest to get that shiny Mew I paid for like two fucking oh, years Jesus. ago. I finished the 30 days in which I had to open it, play that game and close it. I never want to play a game with daily active login requirements ever. Yeah. ADHD brain does not do well with remember to do a thing that you can never forget to do or there will be consequences and you'll fuck up. Uh huh. I set a daily alarm for it and I did the thing that happens with ADHD where I got used to the alarm to the point of. Oh, okay, the alarm went off, but I'll do it in a minute. Yeah, you just start pushing it off. I'll I'll finish what I'm doing and do the thing the alarm's for in a minute, and then eight hours later, I'm like, ah, fuck, I've got like ten minutes to do it before I fucking lose this streak. I don't like when video games do that. Fuck Pokemon Go. I mean, you know, so forced engagement like that is just shitty anyway. I'm on the final step now that I really could have been doing while I was doing that 30 days, but you have to do the 30 days first before you can do the other thing, so I'm catching... 1500 fucking pokemon and doing 150 quests and walking 150 miles and whatever and uh, fuck this fuck this quest fuck this game yeah getting my mew that i paid for two plus years ago and i'm getting the fuck out
1: (laughs) yeah fuck them vile vile game Anyway, what well, what you played, Steph? So I played um, a regular game I play called Why the Fuck Does This Work So Easily For Everyone Else But Fucking Not Me.
0: Oh, Steam Deck, huh?
1: As I tried to get <laughs> emulation going on the Steam Deck, which Laura was very um,
2: kind to help out with. You 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 were like 99% of the way, you just had to do the final step and you were like, no, uh, no, can't do it. I did get 99% of the way there
1: and have a meltdown. Um, by the way, fairly certain I'm autistic, everyone
2: Hey, hey, I rarely got on as well with people as I do with other autistic people I get on very well with you, for what it's worth
1: I know, talking to you helped me sort of really seal the deal on on that assumption <laughs> yeah. Um, But yeah, I, I I was actually doing it right, but because I struggle with anything computer based i had a complete yeah. freak out um but laura talked us through it like yeah. phoenix took over the mechanical side of it so to, to stop me being upset um so phoenix and laura sort of set things up and realized that i'd done most of it
2: yeah all, all you had to do was generate a list of games and say put save them on the steam deck yeah and that sort of worked right
1: i started doing i did everything mechanically right and this is where we get to that point of why do technological things work for other people but not me right half the images didn't load when i
2: ran it through the thing that adds like game images and everything so i will say that is probably my fault because the uh the the place i pointed you to 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 do that um If the names aren't perfect and have been like... I didn't look through whether the names were perfectly done. If it doesn't find a good name match, sometimes it won't auto-find the image. Well, that was one issue. Um, The other one was N64
1: games ran like shit. Just ran like utter shit. They shouldn't run like shit. Yeah, they ran really bad. They should run real fucking nice. Half the menus in Mario Kart had disappeared. Everything I played was stuttering. uh, So that sucked. Um, games I was adding just weren't appearing or playable. All the while, I'm using the Linux on the Steam Deck, which is one of the most upsetting things you could ever do. Right, uh, it's so fucking bad. Um, anyway, all of this is to say that eventually, all games stopped running on the Steam Deck. Oh. Including ones on, like, actual Steam games. Wow. Um, the only game that was working was Super Castlevania 4.
2: Oh, no. I- I'm really sorry i don't know i don't know what to say because I've had such a fucking smooth time with emulation. everyone the- has this is just me i don't know how to help i'm sorry this
1: is just me it's not you. this is my ah. run of luck with things i I've got that retroid sitting here on the desk. I've not touched it because I can't make things work, and I have given up. I have an Odin shipped it's shipping now it's it's had it's that other one that's had to go to you conrad because they have to ship within the country Ah. but i'm like i i'm just gonna have to like give these things to other people and say can you do it please
2: i need to have a day where i come and visit you and i just sit and get all of your handhelds ready to go so you don't have to touch them and they just work (laughs) and like yeah i'm i'm happy to have a day where we just we sit and do that together you bring you bring me a bunch of handhelds and we'll sit for a day while i sort them out for you that would be lovely <laughs> um yeah so long story short a factory
1: reset the steam deck it was the only thing that was gonna work um because i went through like one one suggestion was that the the uh driver full uh filled up and you need like five gigabytes free to run anything but that It still wasn't working after I completely uninstalled, deleted, like, all the stuff. So, yeah, factory reset the fucking thing. And so I'm still using it just to play official Steam games, which brings me back to one of my earlier criticisms of I believe that when something is in the great on deck section of Steam, it should be great on
2: deck. I've had such a better experience with that than you, it seems. I've... Like, I had one week in which one game wouldn't run that was listed great on Steam, and then it fixed itself, and that's all the problems I've had with the great on Steam category. It is a Vampire Survivors
1: machine. My Steam deck is just for playing Vampire Survivors now. By the way, shout out to Ponsul, Ponsul Games. Oh, yeah. Who tweeted that they really enjoyed our discussion. Yeah. Vamp- that's the developer of Vampire Survivors. Um, yeah, um... They sent me an email as well, um, just sort of thanking us for everything. Um, They really liked that I've been streaming it and stuff.
2: So, yeah, that was nice of them. It's nice when we're considered relevant.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it it doesn't happen much. By the way, I'm celebrating 100,000 subscribers lost since coming out as trans. Congratulations. That's this week's, yeah, big milestone for me. Um, Yeah, but it is nice to, to feel almost relevant again. God, it's 2016, all over again, a developer cares. Uh, yeah, so that was good. Uh, but yeah, I've been playing more Vampire Survivors. There was an update recently, a new evolution for one of the weapons, and a new character with a new weapon. So yeah, that's been cool. But yeah, it's mostly... I tried playing Days Gone on it. I thought that would be a unique, fun thing to do. Just I didn't like Days Gone very much.
0: Well, but oh, Speaking of, before we move on from Vampire Survivors, I think it's yeah. kind of the Game Pass
1: it is. Ooh.
0: Yeah. May 19th. It
1: is. So, yeah. Nice.
0: Um, pay the $3. Just buy the damn yeah. thing because it's only $3.
1: It's wild they're putting it on Game Pass. Uh,
0: yeah. I'm Yeah. Well, yeah, whatever. It's like <laughs> they just want people to play the game or something. It's, yeah. Yeah.
1: Wild. Weird. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So I did play another game on the Steam Deck called uh, Fight Night. Oh. Knight's Belt, like, Shining Armor. Yeah. I really want to like that game. It's really good. Uh it is a first person uh grid-based movement game. Uh so it's got like that old sort of grid-based dungeon crawler kind mm. of thing going for mm-hmm. it. But the combat is real time. So interesting choice. But yeah, you move on a grid, then you'll get random encounters which are basically like Punch-Out. <gasps> where, you know, the, the knight's fists are up and you've got to dodge and duck and weave and punch the shit out of skeletons and things. The controls are really good and tight, really responsive. As someone who doesn't like parrying a lot, the game is so good at telegraphing and so responsive that I'm parrying like a boss. It's very good. It's also quite hard, and when you die, you lose all your unsaved progress. And because you go quite deep into dungeons, you can lose a fuckload of progress. And the first time that happened, I stopped playing, (laughs) which sucks because I really fucking like it. But, you know, you get overwhelmed in just one fight and it can take your health right down. And then you're left with the choice of do I carry on? Or do I trudge all the way back, risking random encounters the whole way to get to the beginning of the dungeon to save again? And yeah, I don't know if there's some way to ease that up on myself, but I lost a lot of progress and it's... Whenever games do that to me, I just don't want to play them again. That's
2: real fair. And it's a
1: shame because the gameplay is really tight and the visuals are fucking cool. I think some people might find them a bit too garish, but they've got this strange, like, pixelated comic book look with very bright garish yellows and oranges contrasted against blues and greens. And it is very um, eye-searing, but in a way I find very pleasant. And I love the art style. I love the, the enemy and designs and the main... I was attracted to it just because the main character design. But, yeah, games that cost me a lot of progress, I quickly decide I don't have time for. Games that don't feel like they respect your time. Yes, exactly. And that's about it. I played little bits of dribs and drabs of other things, but nothing deep enough that I could talk about it. Um, yeah. I do feel I'm over the Steam Deck for the most part, though. Which I'm is I'm sorry,
2: shame. I'll come and fix all yeah, of your okay. your tech and we'll make you some things that work. Yeah.
1: I'm looking forward to getting the Odin.
2: That yeah. that'd be nice. But yes. Should we should we should we talk about some newsy bits? We got a couple of those. We could two newsy bits, I dare yeah, say. Yeah, we, we got we got a couple of bits of news. First bit of news, you know how we talked a while back about uh contractors working on the next Dragon Age who weren't happy about being forced back into the office during COVID. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh we got an update on that. They're no longer being ordered back into the offices. That's 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 in progress. Yeah. Uh. Yep. Yeah, the 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 folks from Keywork Studios who were told they were going to have to go back to full time work in the office have been told no, it's cool. Um, remote and hybrid work can still happen. Those staff are still trying to seek unionisation. This hasn't changed that because they're still looking for other things, including you know improved worker protection, better uh, like paid sick leave um including when testing positive for covid things like that the unionization effort is still ongoing and it still includes basically all of those employees they seem pretty united in wanting unionization so this seems like probably the next unionization push that we're going to see get to the stage of like coming t- coming to something this seems like the one that is next ready to start surfacing.
1: God, they really don't like unionization, do they? Just the threat of it gets them to...
2: Yeah. (laughs) Ha ha ha. The industry really seems to fucking... surprisingly be afraid of unionization and giving workers power. Who'd have thunk it? We got some updates about that whole Nintendo of America situation with their treatment of contract workers. Uh, This is the first we've had, like, a statement from someone who is currently in an executive role at Nintendo of America. Current Nintendo of America boss Doug Bowser has uh, commented on on the allegations. This was an internal email, which was uh, reported by Axios. It's really kind of a nothing thing. Um, he acknowledges the reports um, and says, Like many of you, the executive leadership team and I find many of these points troubling and are closely reviewing the content. Saying nothing else,
0: hmm, but yeah, they're closely reviewing how little they might have to give to get this to go away, yeah, yeah,
2: they're trying to trying to be like oh we we feel bad about it, but like. Those Nintendo of America staff have been rumbling about about unionization as well, so I fucking hope they do it. Fuck yeah!
0: It's a better approach than Activision Blizzard has taken to date. I, I can yeah. I can give Nintendo of America that. That is a very low bar Uh, that I suppose
1: you are correct about. At this point, taking a shit on the cafeteria floor would be better than what Activision's done. I don't disagree with you. It's the look, Activision Blizzard must at this
2: point be the lowest bar in the game industry. I mean, look, as terrible and low of a bar as that is, it's also better than fucking Sony's doing right now. now PlayStation's Jesus doing. Fucking Sony. Yeah. So let's talk about Jim Ryan. Jim and his fucking Ryan. Casual... So he sent a very casual email around to staff uh, at PlayStation this week. You know, th- he does this every now and then, apparently. Like, every, once every two or three months, will send a very casual, like, oh, here's, here's how I'm doing and here's how the company is. And...
0: This is one of those things that, like, I think executives think make the company feel more like a family and that you know people working there are included and you have this sort of you know accessibility
1: i mean in a way it does make it feel more like a family Mm -hmm. in that some cunts going on about something you don't give a fuck about it's
0: fair absolutely you know but it never seems to come off that way to anybody that i've actually spoken to that isn't you know yeah. In a position where they're required to lie to me. <laughs>
2: uh,
0: I've never heard anybody find this sort of thing. In- no,
1: it's creepy. Corporations trying to be friends with the... Yeah. It's
2: creepy. So we'll we'll get to the the really bad bit of this in a second, but the vibe of this email is like... That uncle you never see, who just, around Christmas, will send a 4,000-word email to every family member mm-hmm. about what he's been doing the last year. Um, Jim Ryan spends multiple paragraphs of this talking about how his cats are doing, you know, <laughs> oh, old, old Mittens is doing pretty well, <laughs> likes the scratching post. And then just very casually drops in the... So- he really wants staff to be okay with... Um, other <laughs> staff wanting reproductive rights stripped away. Okay, okay, but... Can we please? Can we please have respect for the people who don't respect your right to bodily autonomy? Anyway, uh, oh mittens, uh oh, mittens did a really big. Oh.
0: D- d- imagine if they'd sent this to the stockholders instead of the staff. Like they got them <laughs> mixed up. <laughs> Whoopsie. Yeah. So yeah. Seems Jim like this Ryan... dottering old man. Oh, and by the way, yeah. Why the fuck did he even bring that up? That is the dumbest. Dumbest move.
1: Like, I'll say one thing, right? The the mainstream game industry has exhibited wanton cowardice in its refusal to speak up about any of this, barring Bungie and some indie studios, more or less.
0: Yeah. Yes, because if you are not going to turn around and say a woman's right to choose is... I think you know.
2: I think Microsoft and Bungie. I think we've both seen go. We will pay for you to travel out of state if you need to. We support yeah. your rights, etc. But at
1: the very least, the cowards kept their mouths fucking shut. Exactly. Jim fucking Ryan is at worst one of these spineless, enlightened centrists that will do nothing but. Aid and abet oppressors with their apathy, and at worst, a right wing piece of shit who thinks women yeah. don't deserve a right to uh, make a decision about their own bodies. There's no reason to bring this up outside of wanting to uphold the status quo, and in America right now, it is an evil status quo.
0: Yeah, and and if I'm honest, you know, like let's let's be clear, not saying anything at all, even if you are pro-choice, is not necessarily a dumb PR move. There is an audience of people that we all know exists that is not insignificant and a non-insignificant base for a lot of types of product, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, Bungie already ate a lot of shit from the gamers who don't want politics in there g- like the usual right. shit the usual pathetic shit and
0: i i i, I want those people stood up to i do think it is cowardice if you hold those yeah. views to not express them but also i i do get it now the thing i don't understand is why you would ever express even an inkling that the other view was possible, because it is, even among Republicans, not popular.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Like, 70% of people in this country believe that abortion should be available.
1: Well, yeah, like, you are basically supporting hardcore theocracy. At this point, that's what... It's the choice between being a decent person that respects bodily autonomy. Or not even a decent person, just being a person that respects other human beings, or
2: siding with a fascist theocracy. I have no evidence of this, but I read a thing like this, and someone who is so casual as to say this during... I've double-checked, it's five paragraphs about his cats. (laughs) I, I have to believe that Jim Ryan personally believes that women should not have reproductive rights access. Like, I feel like you only say, please, can we respect everyone's right to have their opinions? You only say that...
0: When you say I'm... Instead of saying I'm feeling very attacked right now.
2: Yeah, you (laughs) only say it if you hold the belief that you think people are going to be mad at you for holding.
1: Well, it's backed up by a bit when he starts talking about thinking about getting a dog, which I believe we're all familiar with this section, (sighs) where he says... In the same email that he's talking about respecting the rights, respecting the opinions of those who think women should shut up and put up with, you know, pregnancy no matter the fucking circumstances, he mentions he's thinking of getting a dog, and one of the benefits of getting a dog is that it knows its place.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Sure seems like a person who likes when uh, he has positions of control over others and... People got to do what he wants. Yeah, Mm. he likes subservience.
0: I want to set, setting aside the context of the other elements of this email, that is just a really kind of. It's a fucked up thing to say. It's a fucked up thing to say about a dog. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fucked up thing to say about a dog in an email that you are addressing to your thousands of employees.
1: Yeah, yeah. just in casual Mm. conversation imagine if i said like
2: oh i'm thinking of getting a dog and you'd be like oh what kind just one that knows its place (laughs) no billionaire should ever be talking about things knowing their place because uh, to people who work under them because you're gonna go is that how you see me am i the dog that knows its place that's, it's just,
0: this yeah. is this is the dumbest email I've read since that one um, about uh, what Square Enix said they were going to do at the beginning of the year. Uh... Uh, this this did not need to exist. He is clearly incompetent. And if I were a shareholder, uh, I would be having real conversations about having him removed. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's.
0: Yeah. This is so dumb.
1: Divorced of, of like the roe versus wade awfulness that's happening in america mm-hmm. divorced of of just the rise of of well the unveil the unmasking of fascism in america the attacks on bodily autonomy of queer people of cis people um you know people who give birth people who um you know uh are seeking gender affirming treatment just all of this stuff yeah I mean, just to take the side of that, either directly or through the expectation of complacency, I'm sorry, but you are in yeah. he's a deeply horrible man, based just on that, but even divorced of all that, doing an email where you tell people that knowing your place is what makes you appealing. What a deeply creepy man That is yeah. a creepy thing to say. Is, yeah. yes. And we're all supposed to believe that there's no merit to the gender discrimination allegations at Sony.
2: Yeah, yeah, this email sure doesn't convince me doesn't to believe help, Sony it? side
1: of that. Yeah, mm. oh, can
2: I just quickly
1: um, take us on a little trip somewhere? Ooh, Ooh. Can where just... are I going? Stephanie's Crypto Corner! Ha <laughs> <laughs>
0: that market is fucked yeah
1: they fucking lost it all oh god it's not just nfts that are completely crashing and burning that has had the
0: knock-on effect of the bottom just falling out of crypto i I, i've i've read some analysis yeah that is a little more doomy only in the sense that gosh if this had like been three months down the road yeah it probably would have totally fucking collapse. i think bitcoin's gonna recover unfortunately but
2: i think it will but i also think like this is gonna kill so much of the yes casual speculator market like it has burned so many people to the point that they are gonna be afraid to jump back in yeah like so many people
1: outside of the crypto bubble are seeing it for the grift it is nfts i think the uh, the, the the forceful railroading push (laughs) actually backfired it got it got everyone looking at
2: this shit and thinking wow none of this is real yeah my my favorite bit about this is uh knowing that one of the things that caused this collapse was the downward spiral of something called a stable coin yes Yeah, that stablecoin really spiralled down fast in a not particularly stable way. No, no. Uh,
1: So, yeah, um, you know, just thought I'd I'd laugh at it because, yeah, crypto is is really spiralling and and unravelling right now. I do agree that Bitcoin will recover, more than likely. I agree with some sentiment I've read that um, basically says that, while crypto will stick around it's going back to its cult level it's coming back to the people who are like all like all in on it we probably won't see too many celebrities pump and dumping again like they were with nfts
0: but in and amongst those you know believers are enough people that you know the thing that bugs me and i tweeted a thread that i'd seen on this is that it, it there are fund managers running pensions investing in crypto stuff it's horrific um and it's one of those that is one of the ways that this kind of financial instrument is going to weave itself into at least our american society
1: yeah well yeah a lot of successful Mm. grifters hedge fund managers just by nature of their existence being among them um Still, you know, they put a lot of eggs in the crypto basket. Yep. They will keep trying. Yep. Because you know, they they speculated and it didn't pay off. But they still need marks. So they will try and find avenues to force this. I just hope that, you know, NFTs and their their attempt to push it mainstream just spread a lot more awareness about it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And <sighs> See, seeing something that people had assumed would be stable and predictable because it largely came from names that they'd already been following and thought were safe and stable and had done things that worked in the past, it's going to be enough to go, yeah, this is an unregulated market and even the people that you think you can trust are just going to run run with the money like everyone else. Um, so we got a couple of other quick bits of news. Uh, we, we got some leaked screenshots that appear to be um, to do with an upcoming Silent Hill game that seems to be set in the UK. And the only reason we know it's going to be set in the UK is because there's a bit of art of a character and she's got the word Minga written on her face. She's got the word Minga on her face. She's got the word Minger. The word Minger. Oh,
1: please let that be the name of the game. Please let it be called
2: Silent Hill oh. Minga. yeah she's got she's she's got other things she's like she's she's very uh jared leto joker and that she's got i hate myself written on her forehead i feel like
1: it's like an allegory for like self loathing like you know someone who thinks they're ugly and horrible yeah yeah but i mean i love that like it's interesting i mean i'd be interested how that like jives with silent hill yeah i mean i know that like silent hill 4 didn't take like took place in a neighboring town mm. but still obviously was very steeped in silent hill you know it had a lot of connections yeah i'd be interested to see like maybe it's a british town that's twinned with silent hill like you do twin cities the idea of a british themed silent hill is interesting Yeah.
2: so apparently the image the, the images that have been floating around are from Not the main game itself, but a PT-style, like, playable teaser. Like, they're trying to do that thing for a Silent Hill again, ahead of, like, to be a trailer for whatever it is they're announcing. But, yeah. Uh, It seems real likely that some of the rumours from, like, a year ago are true in that Bloober team's working on a Silent Hill. There is a Silent Hill narrative adventure in a sort of Telltale style coming, and whatever this British one is... All three of which are being made by three different teams yeah. at the same time. I'll say this. Um,
1: you know, Silent Hill 2 is one of my favourite games of all time. It is tied with Bloodborne as my favourite, more or less. Mm. I don't rate Blooba Team as a developer. No. I just don't. I am not really I'd like I'm not against the idea of a Silent Hill 2 remake one made by blueber team a studio who i think the la- vast majority of their output is hack grade
2: yeah like the the medium was the last thing of theirs i played and like it was the best thing of theirs i played and it wasn't great it was the best thing of theirs but it's still like any any praise of it came with heavy caveats heavy yeah no i agree like heavy
1: it caveats. had a bit of merit to it but it had very problematic writing, and yeah. to a disturbing degree in some cases. Like, some of its sympathies were,
2: oh my god. So some of the things it alleges, hey, this is a good idea, are, like, things you should not be suggesting regarding mental health. No, no. Um,
1: I mean there are scenes that come off like it's siding with some
2: horrible abusers
1: there are some thi- there
2: are some moments that really glorify some shit
1: yeah it's it's not good. Ugh. it's not great um but like the layers of fear games are some of the most hackneyed like pathetically hackneyed horror experiences i've ever played layers of fear 1 is okay it's got a lot of sort of first person horror game on Steam TM elements where it's like it's just going like horror by the numbers and Layers of Fear 2 is just like it doubles down on it to the point where it's doing the whole you know, just the all of the, it hits all of the tropes. Like, oh this corridor seems to be going on for a long time. Oh, I'll turn round and there's the door. Okay. Oh this door won't open. Oh now it has is is open. Like just every Dire, trite trope, and and yeah, I just don't rate them as a developer. I I think, I don't think horror's their thing, which is sad because horror's what they do.
2: It's the only thing they do.
1: Yeah, and Um, I just don't think they're good at it. Yeah. So to see them in charge of one of the most important games to me, as you know, something that has influenced what I think about horror games
2: as a horror fan. I am, yeah, not excited. My my only thought is, would having a template to follow be enough to avoid some of their problems? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm, we'll see.
1: So long as they didn't try and do anything new with it. Yeah. Because based on their previous output, they'll only try and do things old with it.
2: <laughs> um. And the last thing we got this week is, uh, finally got an update on Fall Guys coming to other stuff. Uh, The game's going free to play uh June 21st it's coming to switch uh at last everywhere else but like switch switch is like the main thing i've been waiting for to be like yeah i want to play more of that yeah i might pick it
1: up again when it hits switch cuz i've it's i've not played it in so long god knows what it looks
2: like i jumped back in a couple of days ago out of curiosity and like yeah they're continuing to add a bunch of new stuff it continues to be like a good fun game oh
0: my gosh yeah it was almost a little overwhelming yeah. when i came back to it that's my fear. And? That's
1: why I'm going to wait for something like Switch, because I'm like, then I can start on an even playing field again.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's there's a couple of additional, like, you know, currency tracks and things like that that aren't, you know, like, significant. But now they're they're going to change to uh, the Fortnite model season pass for this going forward. So God only knows.
2: We'll, we'll see. Um, but any stuff that you unlock cosmetic-wise on other platforms will transfer over. They're going to have crossplay, so you'll yep, be playing that's with good. people across platforms platforms and anyone who either got it through ps plus when it was free there or bought it on a platform prior to it going free to play apparently will get a bunch of the most popular cosmetics between the release between now and when it first released well i okay i guess that's neat yeah that's neat i'll take an excuse to jump back into it yeah 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 i think that's everything for this week i think 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 we did it all okay well
1: i mean We might jump back into Fall Guys, but people might want to jump back into content after being done with this podcast, and I think I know the woman who could provide.
2: Laura, any ideas? Oh, well, you can find all my stuff at Laura K Buzz everywhere on the internet. I've got that unified branding down. Laura K Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. You can find me Twitch streaming Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 10pm UK, 5pm Eastern, 2pm Pacific. When I'm not doing a week of my comic romance shows. You can find me in all sorts of places. The main thing I've got coming up is uh June 29th, uh at Parliament Square in London. We're gonna be doing a trans rights protest, uh, particularly surrounding certain topics, including the conversion therapy ban not covering trans people in the UK, for example, that is gonna be a big focus. Uh, and August 18th of this year, me and my dysphoria monster comes out. It's a children's book, go look it up. Conrad, oh what do you got? What do you do?
0: Well, you can find me on Twitter at Conrad Zimmerman, and also on Instagram, though I really just I keep meaning to use it and don't. Uh, and one day maybe that will what be TikTok too. I I guess. Oh God. Um, you can buy anti-capitalist propaganda that I make at pinfultruth.com. You can buy audiobooks that I make at conradreads.com. Uh, you can hang out with me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash thatconradzimmerman. Uh, and real quick, I want to thank everybody who... Uh, had kind words and support, uh, as I was dealing with my cat, Ramses, who sadly did pass away this weekend. Um, thank you, everybody, for that. That was really, really kind and helpful, and we're doing fine, and yeah. And everything I do online gets supported through Patreon at patreon.com slash Fistshark. And you know who else has a Patreon? James Stephanie Sterling
1: Oh shit Uh, Yes uh, Patreon.com Slash Jimquisition That supports all of the Fine fine work here Um, You can also See me at Twitch.tv Slash Jim Sterling I don't have a Nailed down schedule But it's You know usually times when Conrad and Laura aren't um, on messing about. Um, once again, reminder, my next confirmed wrestling date is June 11th in Blackpool, England for PCW's Pride of the Ring, the UK's first ever LGBTQ plus wrestling event. Uh, very excited for that. Do come along and see the Envy to Envy. Um, that's it. Laura's PC crashed, so she won't be here to say bye, but we can cover that. I think, I think we can handle yeah. that. Uh, Bye. Bye.